Hello and welcome back to Hacker Slacker. We got a real casual one for you today. Yeah, uh, this should be fun. Yeah, it's a pretty slow news week uh, and then pretty busy school week. Yeah, so. for sure. Um, this semester has been definitely a little easier, which is why we've been able to add a little bit more to the show so far uh, since the new year. But uh, this week has kind of hit us. Yeah, I mean, just kind of feels like I uh, I woke up and it was Wednesday again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I literally have been saying like these have been the, the quickest weeks of my life so far this semester. I don't know why, but yeah. Okay, diving right in, we have some follow-up. Uh, something I wanted to mention about the S10 that we didn't really talk about last week was the uh, ultrasonic fingerprint reader, which I thought uh, when I when I saw it explained and like you know got to see some cool animations of it working. That thing's dope. Yeah, it's really cool. Like uh, so, instead of taking a picture, a two D picture of your fingerprint, think like uh, like just like a little like. If the police took an ink fingerprint, you know, yeah, that's what uh, like a uh, touch ID is seeing. But what this is seeing is it's shooting like sonic waves at your finger and measuring the depth of your like fingerprint. Yeah, it's kind of like the how the True Depth camera system on the iPhone and the iPad Pro measures all of those like that depth on your face for Face yeah. ID, except it's doing it for your fingerprint. Yeah. Uh, so one of the advantages over the existing. Um, in-display fingerprint reader technology, which, I mean, by the way, is not in iPhones, and yeah. uh, I don't even know if it's rumored to be in the new ones. So. Yeah, I haven't heard any specific rumors about Touch ID coming back yeah. as an in-screen. And I, I didn't really think it was ready, in, like, seeing the previous ones. So, like, the optical in-screen fingerprint readers, uh, there's challenges around, you know, like, obviously capturing a fingerprint from behind a screen. So what the old ones did was just kind of, like, blast a lot of light at your finger. And it yeah. was able to pick some stuff up, and there was, like, a special part of the screen where it could kind of see through it a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but this one, it doesn't really have that problem because it's using, like, waves, which, yeah. I mean, I think it's super cool. It means you don't even have to turn the screen on, which is really cool because then you can just, like, rest your finger on your phone and it opens, which you can't unlock an iPhone from the table anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been something where, like, I see people, like, a lot of my friends have, like, the, the Face ID iPhones now at this point, and it's like, oh, you know, I I don't really know if I'm, uh, like, too upset to be missing out on Face ID right now with the way Touch ID is. Like, obviously the trade-off is you get, like, the better screen, and that stuff's all cool, but, like, the best-case scenario is kind of just, like, an in-display fingerprint reader like this. And, you know, yeah. like maybe even one that takes up the whole screen. So just wherever you touch your screen, it instantly comes on and unlocks because it knows yeah. it's you. And I mean, when you look at it, the, the Touch ID, um, anywhere from like the iPhone 6S to the iPhone 8, those last generations where Touch ID was used was really, really good. So quick. Yeah, it's so crazy. It's, it's faster than Face ID. Uh -huh. Face ID is a great technology and I love being able to use it. I can unlock my phone a lot easier when I'm wearing gloves in this cold weather. True. So stuff like that makes it, a lot nicer to have, but also it's just not as quick as uh, Touch ID. Like, even this iPad Mini 4, which came out in, what, 2015, has a faster unlock than my iPhone. Yeah, and I mean, one of the cool things about having it, like, in screen, like you said, is unlocking it on the table and even just being able to, like, tap a finger that uh, it knows your fingerprint while the screen's off, and then it'll come on and come unlocked immediately, yeah. which is just... I, I, th I thought that was pretty sweet. Um, speaking of something that I actually thought was, you know... Really interesting, like, from a technological standpoint, um, we kind of dumped on the Galaxy Fold last week just for how, like, absolutely ridiculous because it was. Because it's a bad phone. Yeah, because it's a bad <laughs> phone. It looks ugly. It's just, like, 
not really cool looking, but Huawei, um, the company we talked about a lot a few episodes ago, they announced their version of this foldable phone technology, the, the next generation of their Mate phone, the Mate X. And I feel like this is like kind of um, almost the best case scenario for what you could do with this technology. So Especially at this point. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's. I think that the way this thing looks is like leaps and bounds in front of the Galaxy Fold. And like they, there's people that have held it in person and like journalists who have done videos with it. So it's legit, which I thought was surprising. So um, all of these companies are using like Samsung's folding LCD technology. This is just a company who is able to do something, you know, a better design with it. Because when you look at the the Galaxy Fold, some of the issues you have with it is like you have to open it up to look at the good screen. Yeah. You know, your default front-facing sp- screen is like a weird shape and it's kind of crappy. It's like a gross little preview screen that yeah. you can't really do all that much on. And it's like you have two separate screens. So you have one massive one and one little one. And the massive one is on the inside. Well, uh, the way Huawei did it, which just makes sense after you look at it, is the massive screen is on the outside. Yeah. So it's kind of like you're if you're holding a piece of paper, the front of the piece of paper is um, almost all screen, and then you just kind of like push it in half, hot dog style, yeah. and it folds, and it uh, looks kind of less ridiculous than yeah. the, the Galaxy Fold. It, looks, it still fits in the form of a phone. Now, one of my questions that I've had with these phones is how on earth are you going to put a case on them? Oh, yeah, no um, way. It's all screen. Yeah, so that that's a completely separate issue. But this looks good. This looks like something that you would see a businessman using, not something that, like, Star Trek would make yeah. as, like, a future device of, that they thought. It definitely doesn't look, like, out of the ordinary. Like, if I saw someone holding it in the folded mode, I don't think it would be, like, the craziest phone I've ever seen. Now, when you do unfold it and it's all the way out, it's 8 inches, which is, yeah. like, I'm pretty sure that was basically iPad mini-sized. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, almost square. So it's, um, you know, like, I could... I could see using this phone a lot more, you know, like if Apple had a version of this phone, it would be stupid expensive and I wouldn't buy it for five years. But if something like this eventually happened, I wouldn't think it's dumb. Unlike I did after I saw the design of the the Galaxy Fold. This Mate X, it's a useful tablet size, right? It has the size because 7.2 inches on the fold is yeah. still just a little bit small, but this is the size of the iPad mini I'm using, right? So, yeah. I mean, it, it's usable and it's also a good looking smartphone, which I think is one of the most important factors when you're trying to sell people a smartphone is that it looks good. Yeah. So it can't be all screen, obviously. Um, and so, uh, like, so it's like, Oh, where's the camera and everything going? And where it goes is if you imagine you're holding a piece of paper uh, when it's unfolded, um, there's almost like a little handle on the right side where it's like th- a thicker uh, straight line down the side. And that's where the camera, the flash and all that stuff is yeah. housed. And when you're holding the phone, that's on the back. So um, when you open it, there's a, a notch down the middle for that that area. But essentially, it also um, serves as like a little handle for you to hold when it's yeah. out flat. I honestly think that's cool. a good implementation of it. Yeah, and it's like um, the screen is so wide anyways, like you're not really going to be worried about that that line bezel. Um, but yeah, Andre just pulled up a GIF of it yeah. opening, which I mean, obviously you can't see, but um, when you're holding it in normal folded mode and you unfold it, it doesn't look like a screen, doesn't look like a screen, then it goes straight and boom, you're staring at a nine inch screen. Yeah, so. I mean... I like this phone, and the Galaxy Fold is so bad, and yet the Galaxy Fold has all of this great 
processing power that Samsung has provided and all of the great storage and the great screen and they just did it so poorly. Yeah, so I'm excited to see this thing like um, when it actually hits retail. Um, there's reports about how like, well, the hardware is there and they're able to show these demos like they haven't really finished like ironing out the software, which yeah, I think that with this type of thing, the hardware is much more the battle. So yeah, um, coming in at around $2,000, so it should be interesting. They say it's coming this year. Um, and then another, um, like, so this week was Mobile World Congress, I'm pretty sure, and there was just a... Uh, crap ton of mobile phone announcements. So, yes, so many. Uh, LG also makes phones. You might not know that, um, but they the LG V50 um, was announced, and uh, basically the approach they took to the folding phone, so this is now like the fourth folding phone to be announced, Yeah. is um, it's a normal phone, it's a very nice phone, and you can buy an attachment, that is a second screen that'll clip onto it. Yeah, it makes it kind of look like a Nintendo DS. It makes it look a lot like a Nintendo DS. Um, I mean, it looks good. It looks like you're just holding an iPhone 10 and then you attach another screen to it. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think that's ever going to like take off and be like a, a mainstream thing. No, but I don't, I don't think, think it was so a bad either. idea on their part. No, and I mean, this is one of those things where it's like, uh, two years ago we saw in 2017, all the phones started getting notches. And then everybody, everything turned into an iPhone X clone, right? Because that's just what everybody went with. And so we see somebody come out with this technology and then immediately everybody starts kind of going towards that uh, technology, especially these smaller phone companies. Um, Apple won't make a folding phone if it's not great, right? They're yeah. just they're just not going to do that. The Android phones are able to get to the technology earlier, yeah. Um, and you know they're they're usually more on the the bleeding edge side of things. Uh, some of that has to do with like Apple's quality standards, and a lot of it has to do with like just the scale of the iPhone is unlike yeah. what a lot of these phones are dealing with. But yeah, okay. So now we're going to move on into the news um, for the first item. Uh, very, very slow news week this week from yes. what I was able to pick up. Um, uh, same here. We'll see if I was just being lazy and didn't find <laughs> anything, but uh, it it felt very slow. Uh, one of the, probably like my favorite story from the week was another AR announcement. Um, the HoloLens 2 um, was announced. Uh, so um, if you don't know what the Microsoft HoloLens is, um, last week we were talking about the Focals by North. Those are more like something you can wear on the street. These are like high-tech, um, like AR, more like goggles than glasses, where they're kind of funky. It's like a little visor that goes down over your eyes, um, but it's a really cool piece of technology, um, and it's one of the... It is the only AR headset I've actually put on. They had them at our career fair a couple years ago, and I actually tried it. And oh, nice. The, the experience I had with it was uh, um, it seemed like... Uh, like so the the AR part of it where things are projected in space sweet main problem with it something people have been saying all the time is the field of view right I felt like I was looking through a postage stamp but I was looking <laughs> through a postage stamp at an astronaut floating in space in the room so I was like that's kind of cool yeah and I can see where this stuff is going to be sweet but it's definitely not there yet so yeah. uh, this was just a demo for the Verge the device is not released yet when it is released it'll only be going out to um industrial clients and i'll kind of go into why that is it's not really for consumers um but it's cool that they're finding a real market for this um and they're selling it for uh thirty five hundred dollars so it's a not really a consumer product at this point and they're not trying to make it one so 
uh, one of the big things I did was uh, invest in like making it lighter and more portable and you know more comfortable on your head because they're selling this to um, they're targeting like manufacturing like uh, servicing vehicles that sort of thing like um, basically one of the demos they had was someone's they had a reporter trying the glasses they're like here there's this ATV that needs this thing fixed um, and the glasses are going to guide you through it so he sees this thing in the corner of his vision that's like an arrow pointing him towards uh, a screw in real life goes over grabs a screw looks at the real ATV and then sees instructions for like where to put it and how to insert it like the direction to turn it and everything yeah so um that stuff's all pretty cool um and like it's it's just int- like I could imagine like walking into some like what like Tesla factory or something mm-hmm. and all the employees are wearing glasses yeah, that guides it, it them through the assembly process. Very much process. seems like that. Um, and it's very, uh, it's like a counterpoint to the focals, which we saw and talked about uh, from North last week. Um, interestingly, we saw a report that North laid off about a third of their employees. Yeah, and they said it was so they can keep making glasses, but yes. if that's the only way you can keep making glasses, it's probably not a great sign for consumer yeah. AR at the moment. I mean, I'd be interesting to interested to see if they end up like getting bought by Apple because they they were able to make a very well designed Yeah implementation of this device ironically it didn't work with iMessage but, um, um i believe north was just acquired like i think they're owned by um i don't not intel um we're gonna look, look it, it up. up yeah <laughs> um but anyway yeah it's really interesting that uh they would announce this product and then immediately lay off such a huge part of their uh entire workforce because You'd, you'd think, wow, we have all of these people that have created this wonderful thing that we're going to put out to the world. Selling it in person. Yeah, and then they just got rid of a third of them. Oh, North actually acquired technology from Intel to make the glasses. Interesting. So, yeah, I'm assuming we'll see some interesting reports on like uh, why this layoff happened and yeah. what it means. Um but basically, those North glasses, like we said, it's kind of like a, a heads-up display more than like presenting actual information in the world around you. Yeah. And Microsoft HoloLens is very much present that information. It's a full in the world augmented you. reality experience. Yeah. So where the North didn't have like front-facing cameras, um, and which is kind of cool for like privacy reasons, just wearing them around. Yeah. You know, people don't feel like you're recording them. The HoloLens has front-facing cameras, so it can see the world around you. Yeah, but you're not going to be wearing it out on the streets. So oh, it's for fine. sure. Yeah, so um, the there's a glasses on the front that is kind of using their Microsoft Connect technology, and I still think it's funny that they like carried that name over from the Xbox accessory. Oh um, yeah. But they're saying like they're offering their services, you know, in the cloud now, where you can use the Connect technology to recognize objects, you know, cloud AI, blah blah blah. But um, one of the crazy things about these glasses is. Um, it's able to see where your eyes are, so, like, the direction that you're looking. So that's how it's able to be like, hey, look over here, um, because it can see the direction that your eyes are looking. By um, the Basically, the display technology that it used, from my understanding of the article I read early last week, um, <laughs> uh, the display technology they use is shooting lasers not just onto, like, um, a patch and the glasses. It's shooting them into your eye, and they're able to use those... Uh, like the re- reflections and everything by doing that to scan your retina. 
So scanning your retina, they can not only see where you're looking, and also, but also like iris scan you to unlock the device with Windows Hello. Yeah. Which is crazy. That Yeah, that is insane. That sounds like the future. You know, you put on your glasses, scans your eyes, and then it's like, yep, you're unlocked, good to go. Yeah. And the crazy thing is these glasses, everything, it's running on like, um, not like Windows Windows, but like a core version of Windows that Microsoft uses across all their products. So yeah. they're building out quite the expansive platform, you yeah. know? I mean, I don't know why I just thought of this, but with, uh, with all this in screen fingerprint sensing, um, I'd be interested to see a smartwatch, uh, specifically the Apple watch, see if they could put like a lock that you can use touch ID and screen with, um, if they want to kind of test it out before, um, putting it on phones. Um, if like the series five, although I've heard series five is supposed to be a very minimal update, um, had some sort of in-screen sensor to yeah. unlock your uh, watch. Yeah, I definitely think there's an interesting future of how these devices are going to recognize us. You know, yeah. like um, I think in the movies, it's things like, you know, you just say a phrase and it analyzes your voice or like mm-hmm. obviously the retina scanning is something that's been in spy movies forever. But like with an Apple Watch, it's got like such complex heart sensors. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if one day you just put it on and it's like, yep, this, this is your you. heartbeat. Like, yeah. I know, I can tell. Like I can yeah. see like the pattern of your skin or just like crazy stuff we don't use right now mm-hmm. um but yeah that will be an interesting area biometrics um uh, yeah. uh another th- item in the news is that roma won uh best director and i think best cinematography at yeah. the oscars and won for- two oscars and yeah. it's a netflix film a netflix original won two oscars so um what i think that means for tech is that they're the stigma around producing original content for these content providers, I mean, that's basically gone now. Yeah. Now that you see that you can produce Oscar winning work or yeah, Oscar winning work. Yeah. Best exactly. picture nominated, you know, yeah. um, it will no longer be seen as like, you know, you're making like cheap, um, like throwaway content that no yeah. one's ever going to see, you know, now you can say it's actually the place where I'm going to reach the most people and mm-hmm. it's a place where critically acclaimed movies are put. You know? Cause if you think about people in our age group, the, the like, I don't know, millennials and younger, a lot of people aren't going to be watching, uh, when it, especially when it comes to television series, network television, they're going to think, Oh, that's cheesy. They're all the same show. Oh yeah. Network TV isn't great. And any good network television show, I can usually watch on Hulu. Like, I've been binge-watching, well, not binge-watching, but keeping up on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Great show that I really like. It's on Hulu. I don't I just need... started watching the new season of Survivor. I don't know what's going on with that, but there was kind of, like, a little, like, nerd resurgence around getting into Survivor. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard a lot about that. But yeah. then also you have all of the, like, Netflix original series and yeah. Hulu's original series. Like, The Handmaid's Tale is super popular, and it's a Hulu Critically original. claimed, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that the um, the TV series was something that I knew about. Like I knew like you make serious movies or serious TV shows on Netflix on Hulu, but like the movies I always saw, especially in the early days, were like real garbage looking sci fi movies or just yeah. like um, well they, even they it clearly was just paid like a... one good actor to yeah. like be in a movie. And what was that Will Smith else. movie that came out? Oh, um, I watched that one. Uh, it's like Dave. Oh, Bright. Bright, yes. I heard that, that was, was awful. Crazy. It was a terrible movie, but it was interesting to watch. <laughs> it had Will Smith in it. Yeah. Um, so a lot of movies like that is kind yeah. of what I had come to recognize original content as. But like this movie being 
like an Oscar winner is huge in terms of like maybe directors like you know when Netflix comes to them with these big checks when Apple oh and they are going to be big checks with their billion dollars they'll say you know maybe I can miss the big screen because it's not going to disqualify me for the Oscars and like if that's where the money is that's where the eyes are might as well take my movie there and at this point venture capitalists are going to be outpaying movie theaters like there's no doubt about the fact that people are going to pay more for Netflix than they are going to the movies I've probably gone to two or three movies in the last year. Um, and a lot of those are like, because there's a Star Wars movie that comes out every year and there's an Avengers movie that comes out every year. Um, I've actually been to a lot of movies, but I'm just weird like that. I know most people don't go. Yeah. I mean, and I have friends who go to a lot of movies, but, um, like $5 night at, uh, the grand downtown. Yeah. Stuff like that. Like I don't usually pay full price. And, Yeah, because you're not going to spend 12 bucks on a movie ticket, but you're going to spe- easily spend that much on a monthly subscription for Netflix. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. I mean, Netflix did it right. It took a long time, but this uh, this is definitely not as uh, high as they go, though. I just think it'll open up, you know, the, the possibilities of what, like, people can get with their, their subscription services now yeah. that Oscar-winning movies are original Oscar winning movies are in that mm-hmm. list. Like, I don't think that there's ever been, and I could be wrong, but an Oscar winning movie that was on like one specific paid service, you know, like this is a movie that if you're watching illegally, you can only see it if you have a Netflix subscription. Yeah. And that didn't even really come up. Like it wasn't even controversial because it's no. just assumed that everyone has a Netflix subscription. Yeah. It's one of those things where, uh, like Amazon prime is in more, uh, households across America than, there are like TVs. It's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. I think that's all we got for the news. So, um, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with a nice casual conversation. All right. All right. And we're back coming at you live from Andre's Instagram story. Yeah. Uh, uh, we're just kind of trying this out. (laughs) We got, um, one viewer (laughs) right now. What's up, Troy? Um, and we're just going to kind of see what we can do with this. Um, so we're live streaming and recording the podcast yeah. right now, just so kind we'll, of for fun. We'll see if any interesting questions come in. If not, you might not hear about it again, but either yep. way, we're going to give it a shot. So yeah. uh, first, I think we're going to talk a little bit about just like what's new this week with our technology. Yeah. There's been a bit of updates on my side of things, at least, I guess. Yeah. First off, I tried to switch over, to, or I'm trying right now to switch over to the Google Keyboard app, the Gboard. Yes, Gboard. I love Gboard. Do you use it on your phone? I've used it for a few months now, and now I use it on this iPad as well. Okay, so I've been trying to get into the Gboard. It's a bit of a challenge for me. The, yeah. Um, so, like, obviously when it's working, it's a lot faster than just, like, typing stuff out, right? Yeah. Which is beautiful but then if you're trying to type anything that's not like a standard word or like anything that's close to a standard word yeah it like misses and so it's just like you have to train your brain it's like um when you're using like a regular keyboard it's like you're walking when you're using gboard you can sprint but every now and then you just fall flat on your face and you're like oh shit like that is now i'm totally out of my rhythm that is exactly how gboard works yeah um sometimes you start typing something and you're like that is nowhere near what i was trying to type and then sometimes you just don't notice and end up sending it. So it's like, okay, yeah. well, um, but I think it could be, you know, I, like I feel like it's something I could get used to where I just know the types of word that it's going to miss on and then yeah. type those. But then the other thing is when you're just normally typing the keyboard, I don't know if the keyboard shaped slightly differently or 
um, if that thing where they guess which key you're trying to press is their algorithm's different because it'll make me miss keys like a lot more yeah. frequently. And I mean, I've gotten used to that keyboard more specifically. True. So now at this point, when it goes back to the default Apple keyboard, I'm messing up. Yeah. Um, so it's just one of those things that kind of takes time. It's an adjustment. So yeah. I, I think I'm going to try it, you know, try to give it another week and see if I can adjust to the, the typing part of it because the swiping part of it is so cool that, you know, you yeah, the well swiping is awesome. Yeah. Um, so that's all I had about Gboard. Um, Oh, it also has like the haptic touch thing, yes. which I think is interesting. Yeah, that's nice. I've uh, I've been using the app Streaks. I just downloaded it. Uh, we've talked about it in person before. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of had to spend some gift card money that I had from the holidays, so I spent it on Streaks. It was about what, five bucks or so, um, and it's supposed to be like this habit forming uh, version of a like to do. Yeah. App. So uh, I have it like walk a certain amount of steps, drink a certain amount of water every day. And if I fill it up, it continues my streak. Um, so I'm on like a two day streak of my steps and water because I've only had it for a couple days now. But uh, uh, so far it's working. It's like, oh, I really want to. It's kind of like when I had my Apple Watch and I really wanted to close my rings. And it's like, yeah. oh, I just got to stand for. 10 minutes uh for at some point in the next three hours yeah i mean you literally do kind of like close the rings on streak you yeah like hold it down and then it fills up i used it for a bit the stuff i used it for is more like uh like oh like today i need a like every day i want to try to work out or like try yeah. to text my mom or something like that you know just like it's like you said like something for habit forming yeah and it was a pretty like big deal a few years ago like it won like the apple developer design award or whatever it was like that yeah. the it's a well done app like so it was a cool yeah. idea, interesting app, and it's definitely like a habit-forming app for the people who are obsessed with Snapchat streaks, you know, like that's yes. exactly what it is. The, and like, that's I want to see this number go up, you know. Um, and also it has a really good like widget on the iOS widgets area, yeah. which is super nice because then I can just swipe to the widgets and hold down when I drink a cup of water, right? Yeah. And so it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. So the another big thing this week um, was a new iOS jailbreak was released, and this is something <laughs> that I like. When I tell people about this, it's like people are like, "Oh yeah, like I remember doing that in like seventh grade," and I was like, "Yeah, I mean, when I was doing it, it was in seventh grade too." And yeah. something just hit just right this weekend where there was like some big new exciting jailbreak that my friend told me about, where it's like you could get it on iOS 12 and like I just had like a pretty free Saturday where it's like all right let's just do it like yeah why not you know mess around with it um and so like for those of you who don't know it kind of uh lets you like do some things with your phone that you can't do by default by installing like some non-Apple software on it so um some examples of things that I have on it right now it's like my icons on my home screen are like shaped in a way that looks cool with my wallpaper um I have the iPad style dock on my phone. So like, you know how on the iPad Pro you can swipe up from the bottom and it'll bring up a dock of all your apps? Yeah, yeah. I have that on my phone. So I can swipe up in any app, I'll do it, and it'll bring it up. And That's then you really can nice. even do like multitasking where you drag an app out and pop it over. Yeah, multitasking is one of those things that's like, I really wish the iPhone had it. Yeah. <laughs> because um, like my girlfriend just got an S9 and it has multitasking and it does it really well. Uh, and then it just makes me more jealous of the fact that it can do that because it's like, oh, if I want to be watching a YouTube video, I can watch it on the top part of my screen. Yeah. But maybe I also want to be reading an article on Chrome or uh, scrolling through Twitter. Yeah. I mean, God forbid you have to focus your attention on one thing. Like, I know, what, right? Who do they think we are? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So there's just, there's other things like, oh, like make 
a lot of the apps dark mode so like my settings app my calendar app iMessage all dark mode which I think looks pretty sleek like uh if you pull it up it's like yeah that's one of the one that is uh one of the things I did when I had my old iPhone yeah. 4s jailbreak uh jailbroken or just like a different volume indicator yeah. so it's not the thing that like there's just a bunch of classic stuff that's mm -hmm. like pretty simple but it's just like little adjustments and if you're like someone like me that that type of stuff's fun to just like tweak around with yeah um, and i was talking to you like i would absolutely do this if it weren't for my wanting to keep my apple care oh um, yeah yeah there's because, a whole thing around like it voiding your warranty and stuff yeah. like that but my phone's old enough where it doesn't really matter yeah, and my phone's been kind of slowing down recently i'm probably gonna take it in just to kind of see like what's happening with it in yeah. case there's something wrong with it. But, uh, I'll have to see, and I probably won't jailbreak this phone, but if I end up like coming across an iPhone at some point, mm -hmm. th that's the time I would, uh, you got the phone jank going on. Yeah. You hate to have the phone jank. There's not much <laughs> you can do about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, yeah. like, there's a bunch of cool stuff you can do with the new phones. Cause it's like the first time, uh, OLED like iPhone like the iPhone X has been jailbroken so like you can do some like always on screen displays yeah stuff yeah yeah where you can see like uh colors for like the apps that have notifications like always so, like even when you shut off your screen there's just like certain pixels that are lit up to give you information like same thing with your time uh I saw a cool one where like the battery indicator was just like a line that goes around the notch so oh, it like nice. narrows as your battery lessens huh yeah so there's I mean people get really creative with this stuff obviously yeah. and it's, it's pretty interesting. So, yeah. Um, another thing that I saw that wasn't really, like, a news item, but just something that, like, a nerdy thing that I thought was kind of interesting was Nike put out their next generation of self-lacing <laughs> shoes. So, for those of you who don't know, like, the it all goes back to Back to the Future, right, with the, the Air Mags. And yeah, then they yeah. actually released the Air Mags, except they're now they're, like, they sold, like, what, like, a hundred of them, and now they're, like, selling for tens of thousands of dollars. And yeah. Then they released these other shoes that were, like, supposed to be the more consumer version of them. And they had, like, buttons you press in the shoe to tighten or loosen the sneakers. And, like, they weren't really as nice. Like, you had to, like, attach pucks to the bottom of them to charge them. Still stupid expensive. Yeah, yeah. Now they're releasing their next generation of self-lacing shoes. These new ones, the Nike Adapt. And these are the Nike Adapt BBs basketball. So they're, they're basketball shoes. And it's not where you have to press a button. Like, you put your foot in and it tightens your foot. And, um... They actually have a like Qi wireless charging, so like huh. they come with this giant wireless charger <laughs> that's like the size of that uh, scale over there, where oh, you just you kick off both shoes, put them on, and then it wirelessly charges them. Um, but the battery's supposed to last for a few days. Oh, and the other thing is like they're supposed to be smart enough to where they will not die, like wrapped around your foot. Thankfully, that is because I could just smart. imagine someone awkwardly standing on the charger waiting for their shoes to charge so they can take them off. We won't have a lime scooter incident with the Nike shoes. Yeah, Jesus. But yeah, the uh, the Nike Adapt BBs, the big story with them this week was that they pushed an update that kind of like bricked their Android app. Oh no. So people's $350 shoes, if you had an Android phone, you couldn't really put them on and tighten them, <laughs> which is like, of course, that's going to happen right away, whatever. But yeah. I don't know they're interesting. If they came down in price or if I came into a lot of money, yeah. I'd definitely uh, get in on one of those. Uh, and honestly, the latter is probably more likely. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think they're coming down in price anytime soon. But I will definitely be watching if they put out like a non-basketball version of them. You know, like yeah. I don't really wear basketball shoes, but if they put out like a, a runner or like a trainer, you know, yeah. that's the type of stuff they're probably going to start doing. So yeah, self-lacing shoes, we really are in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of being in the future, uh, one of the things I've been geeking out about over the last few weeks is um, the like... 
uh, I forget, someone had a really good word for them, but it's like writables, I think is what they call them. So it's like this new generation of like, you know, you got the boosted boards, yeah. you got the one wheel, you got like all this. Oh like... yeah, the one wheel. The first time I saw that was summer after I graduated high school in Seattle. This dude would be just going up hills, like just kind of moving. And I'm like, what is he doing? Yeah, it's so confusing. So like the one wheel, uh, my neighbor has one actually, funnily enough, like he's really into snowboarding because what it essentially is, is it's like a a motorized snowboard where um uh it's one wheel in the middle of it it's a go-kart wheel and then on either side of the wheel uh there's like stands for you to stand kind of like a skateboard and when you lean forward it motors forward you can lean back to slow down but essentially what you're doing is it it'd be kind of like if you were riding a hoverboard except there's a wheel in the middle yeah um and they're stupid expensive like oh, they're yeah. like i like over two thousand dollars i want to say yeah like, multiple thousand dollars yeah they're absurdly expensive but yeah so like that's just something that it's fun to see on yeah. youtube and fun to see in real life yeah. and if you see someone owning them then they they've spent, got some money they spent good money to be uh snowboarding around on the concrete <laughs> yeah. but the the other thing that's like kind of more realistic is the boosted board which yeah. is the like the nice electric skateboard yeah um my favorite's actually the Z board. There's not a controller. Oh, really? There's just pressure pads that you kind of like put your foot on and it takes you in that direction, which I think is a lot nicer than having to hold That's a controller. Cool. Yeah. So like does can you break like that? You just lean back and it it stops you. Um yeah, you just take your foot off of the um pressure oh, pad the go. and uh like if you if you board already, you know how to like slow yourself down if gotcha. if you don't want to like roll or anything. Um or you could just make yourself go the other direction. Uh-huh. Um but yeah, like these boosted boards I've been looking at for like past year or so because they're so cool. I do ride uh a skateboard all over the place when it's not mm-hmm. uh slushy. Yeah, slushy or thirteen inches of snow outside. Yeah. We had a pretty nasty blizzard this weekend. But um I, I do enjoy riding my board, so like something like that to get around uh, would be super nice. I spent all of last summer riding my board to the bus stop, and then I rode the bus to Google. Um, mm-hmm. So I rode my board for at least 30 minutes a day. Nice. Um, and it maybe it would have been a little nicer on my legs <laughs> if uh, get that uh, my... get, get that traffic or uh, transportation comp for a boost. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be <laughs> sweet. Um, but yeah, anyways, like what got me going on it was like uh, I I'd seen these things like around campus sometimes, and I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. like I tried longboarding and I, it wasn't for me. Like when I was in grade school or whatever. But yeah, you know, I could see you know. The idealistic version of Jacob, I could see him, you know, riding around campus yeah. on a boosted board. That's just, you know, something that I feel like a lot of like typical tech people are into. The, is, like, the final form of tech bro Jacob. You got your, has your, your AirPods board. and your boosted board. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, what really kicked me into it is one of our friend or one of my friends, uh, Kyle Kruger, uh, freshman here in the Rakes program. He uh, was you know, talking about like seriously buying one. I was like, okay, this is like the first person I know who's like, yeah, I'm going to get one. And I was like, all right, maybe I, I should start looking into these things. Yeah. You know? Can I, can I justify, um, getting one for my, uh, commute in Seattle? So I was, yeah, it's, it's kind of like that. That'd be sweet. I was looking at it. So they, they have like the, the real boosted board, like 1500 bucks, like kind of yeah. stupid expensive. And then the skateboardy version of it, which mm-hmm. is smaller, which is good. Cause it's more portable. Like you can actually carry it in the class comfortably. Yeah. Uh, 750 bucks. I'm like, okay. It's expensive, but you know, 
I, I've spent money on stupid. <laughs> I've spent money in pretty stupid ways. What's what's a skateboard? Have that you I can uh, use to get have you priced that out compared to like bikes and scooter share programs in Seattle? Oh, like stupid. Like it's not cost effective. Uh, yeah, that's not why you buy I a assumed. boosted board. Uh, for me, it's kind of like oh, boosted board or iPad Pro, and oh, for it's sure, it's going to be an iPad Pro. No, yeah, but so what ended up happening was my friend actually ordered one. Like, last week, in the middle of the blizzard, I was like, dude, you're not going to be able to ride that thing outside for, like, a month, but good on you. So, I'm going to get to ride it and there you check go. it out. And also, the funny thing that happened was I was like, yeah, let me let me see how long my commute is so I can justify it. It's 800 feet. I walk, <laughs> you like... You work across the street. I, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, I work across the street, and, like, the reason it's 800 feet is because the building across the street, I just have to go to the other side of the building across the street. Like that's the extent of my commute. So could you imagine like I roll into work with a boosted board and everyone's like, dude, I know your corporate housing is like 800 feet away. Like, can't you just walk? Yeah. Anyways, I don't want it that bad. So yeah, but I'm excited to ride it around and next year I'll be living off campus. And yeah, maybe for sure. It's definitely a cool technology. Uh, we'll both be living off campus. campus. We'll be living in the same building actually. So uh, we'll have to set up the new studio and yes, (laughs) in the park house, the apartment building we're living at next year. It'll be a ton of fun. Uh, and I already have a board, which is nice. (laughs) There you go. Yep. So, um, another thing that I saw, it was a news story, but I didn't really put in the research to like talk about it in a full news segment really. But, um, there was this article that was going around about how, um, there's, you know, you don't really think about it, but there are people whose job it is to look at reported Facebook content all day. Yeah. It's not all robots. It's not all robots. What it is, is it's like outsourced companies that Facebook, like they're not like they don't go to work for Facebook, but they go to work yeah. for, you know, like censor or whatever. It's a and true Facebook pays them. example of the gig economy yeah. in action. But basically what these people's lives are is it's kind of like, you know, like you're looking at one of those like gore subreddits or something where you're yeah. just I saw that article. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like these people have to constantly look at the terrible stuff people post on Facebook and that gets tagged and it's like. Just, uh, the article is kind of about, like, people's mental state having to do this stuff. Like, yeah. you know, they're, like, high at work a lot of times because they're, like, super stressed or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, they, they talk about suicide more than your average person. Just, like, mm-hmm. a really, like, dark kind of job to be having. It's, like, you do not want to be, you know, like, kind of the janitor of Facebook that has to stare <laughs> at all the terrible things people put up there. Especially Facebook. I, I honestly think Facebook is worse than most at least most moderated platforms. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty easy to stay at the the high level and not really see crappy stuff people post just because, like, uh, there's no really, um, uh, like, you know, a lot of my friends aren't posting that stuff, and even if they did, I rarely ever actually check the Facebook feed. But, yeah, yeah. so it's... Uh, it's a sad uh, life, um, and I... I'm glad uh, I'm not doing it, yeah. I guess I will say, so... Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot, a lot worse jobs. Yeah. Um, another just life thing to catch up on. Uh, for spring break, I will be in San Francisco. Yeah, that'll be a ton of fun. Yeah, it's coming up. Um, but basically, uh, me and my friends were talking. It's like, oh, we're we gonna do a camping trip. What are we gonna do? Like, oh gosh. Um, and eventually, one of my friends was just like, uh, let's buy a train ticket, go to San Francisco, stay in an, stay in an Airbnb. Like, it's not that expensive. My friends always wanted to ride a train, so I was just like, yeah, let's do it, you know. You're taking a train all the We're way up? We're taking a train. Is it like an Amtrak? An or Amtrak. It... Oh We're my getting on the California God. Zephyr in Lincoln. Yeah, because it's what, in like southwest Lincoln, there's a yeah, train stop for there's it? there's a train stop. 
and it's a 41 hour train ride. Oh my God. <laughs> we get on the train uh, Saturday at 12 a.m. and arrive Monday at like 5.30 in Fisherman's Wharf. So that, that actually sounds super. Are you taking the train back too? Yeah. Or you fly? Wow. 300, 300 bucks round trip. That's actually really good, though. Yeah, I mean, especially even compared for to driving, it's not super expensive. Like it's yeah. it's longer than driving would be, but eh, maybe not because I would have to sleep. You know, yeah, like, it's going to take you two straight. days to drive out. Yeah, wow. so it's going to be interesting. You know, I, I'm definitely going to take the time on the train. You know, like bring some books or whatever. Yeah. They have like nice do you just have a, cars a that are seat or do you have like a? Oh, I just got a seat. Yeah, I figured it's like eight hundred bucks or something for the room. Like it was. Yeah. Like would have. <laughs> yeah, whatever, but. Yeah, I figure that's kind of a college thing, you know, just get on a train and go or whatever. Yeah. And then I mean that I'm looking to do that downtown. Yeah, that's kind of what I want to do this summer is uh take a train. There's a train that goes from Seattle to LA on this like scenic West Coast Pacific route yeah. that um is affordable uh in air quotes at yeah. least. Um That'd on an cool. intern salary, it's affordable. Yeah. Um, and so they have those like viewing cars so you can yeah. just like watch the countryside like Yeah. And it's about 30 hours, um, and it's decently cheap to get an actual room in there, uh, especially if you have, like, two people, because you can get the two-bedroom, yeah. or two-bed room. Um, so, yeah. Trains are cool. Uh, I'd been on a train in Alaska. We went from Anchorage to somewhere. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> where the other place was, but it was where our cruise ship was going to leave from. Oh, nice. And yeah, I've was... never been on a train, yeah. so it'll be my first time. Yeah. It's a ton of fun. Um, yeah, so that'll be a crazy trip. The other thing is we're thinking maybe we're going to reach out to some companies, maybe see the offices. So yeah. um, Maybe do some field reporting for Hacker Slacker. Yeah, get some uh, some travel uh, audio vlogging going or whatever. Yeah. Could be interesting. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll update you. We'll update yeah. you all. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I got uh, in terms of just chit-chat yeah. stuff I thought of. How about I mean, you? It, I, I had one thing that I wrote down in the break um, before we started this section, and I wanted to talk about subscription culture a little, yeah. because I think it's a topic worth talking about, but not worth a whole episode, uh-huh. um, because everything is a subscription now. I was noticing while I was going through apps, when I found Streak, it was one of the few apps you had to actually pay for, yeah. but you don't have to pay a subscription for it, because all of these apps now are free, but you have to pay for a monthly subscription just to use their app Mm -hmm. um and it's like i don't like that i really Mm -hmm. don't like that because with netflix you're getting high quality content you're getting all the content you want uh and it's affordable whereas with these apps it's like oh you're doing one thing for me and you're gonna charge me three bucks a month for it Mm -hmm. um that's a quarter of a netflix subscription for a one over infinity amount of usefulness. Yeah. I mean, from the app developer's perspective, it's like a dream come true. Like if you can set up the recurring revenue and just like have a stable source of income, right? Like I was kind of working on an iOS app at the time that they announced this. And so like people were going crazy, like excited for the subscription model. But what has ended up happening is that apps where maybe like it's an app that is not constantly providing new content and maybe it just needs a few updates a year they will also do the subscription model because, you know, for the few people that actually buy it, it'll make it worth it. Um, and, uh, like, they just, you know, it, it makes more sense on their side of things. And, it, like, 
the the one time purchase things just was not really gonna work out in the long run for apps, yeah. right? Because then people were doing the things where it's like, oh well, I'm gonna change the name of my app. Like now it's gonna be like things three, and now I'm gonna recharge you for it. Yeah. So at that point, it's basically a subscription, anyways. But yeah, but I'd rather pay five bucks a year than yeah. five bucks a month. Yeah, but and I feel like what's ended up happening is like they just got they've been gotten way too aggressive with like they their have. pricing. For they it. really like, think they can make more money than they they actually can. Yeah, and I was. I'll, I was looking at like, oh, I want to learn how to play the piano. And I was like, okay, like, what can I, I there's got to be apps for this, you know. I could find an app for this, right? I'm a yeah. tech person. I can do it. And I was looking and it's like, oh, all the top results. It's like you get two free lessons, pay 20 bucks a month. I'm like, yeah. I'm not paying 20 bucks a month for an app that I, I just don't, yeah. Yeah, that's I don't like. pays for this stuff. You but. could get cheap piano lessons for uh-huh. that much. Like from a human. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh, so it's it's just that kind of stuff where it's like, Really, these developers haven't just gone to the people who, like, have at least adjacent apps to them so to form some sort of, like, productivity suite of apps on iOS that you can then serve up and be like, yeah. hey, pay six bucks a month and you get this calendar app, you get this email manager, you get this task manager, you get a to-do list, you get all of these apps like a for that much. Apps, yeah. yeah, and that's the business model that I think will work, and I think we'll get there, but I don't think anybody's doing it yet, and I don't know if it just needs time or uh, some I, prodding I think or Apple's what. doing it with games. I think they're going to have a subscription service that will give you like a certain like subsection of their games, like a Netflix for phone games, but haven't heard anything about it for like productivity apps. Yeah. But... There is one on the Mac actually called like Set App. That's a group of apps that is exactly like you're saying, like one part of like a complete setup that you pay like a subscription for. You get access to all of them. But yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the future of subscription culture. But we're kind of stuck in the weird purgatory area right mm-hmm. now where they don't know what they want to do, um, and it makes me upset because it's definitely swinging one way and then feels like it'll have to swing back to the center. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about smartphones real quick. I know we talk about smartphones a ton, Yeah. but, um, I, that's like one of my favorite things to talk about when it comes to technology Yeah. is just the plethora of smartphones and different technologies that there are. Um, besides iPhone, what's like, uh, in your opinion, what's your favorite Android device? I mean, it's got to be the, the Pixel phones, right? Like, if I was going to get a different phone, I would get a Pixel phone just because, like, it's the the least, uh, like, it's closest to the iPhone while also having the benefits that are better than the iPhone, like, with yeah. the, the intelligence and everything. The stock but, Android works great. Yeah. I mean, that being said, the, the new S10, like, the videos about the, the screen, like, the... Mm-hmm cornerless with just the like tiny little cutout looks amazing yeah um i think that uh one of the videos i watched said like it's got it gets brighter than a lot of televisions do Mm -hmm. so like just like crazy stuff that they that they're doing but i definitely think i would go for a pixel phone but yeah i i did have a samsung galaxy s3 for like a couple weeks and then i was like eh Go back to the iPhone. So. Yeah. So obviously I'm biased. I worked on the Pixel. Yeah. I say this every time we talk about the Pixel, but uh, I used a Pixel this past summer alongside my iPhone 10. It was an iPhone 10 Pixel 2. Yeah. Were the two phones I had in my pockets every day. Um, I've I had never really used an S9 until my girlfriend just got one, or really an S anything. Um, the S10 looks amazing, but all of this is getting me to the point of 
we've hit this like level of innovation where we're talking about when you want to decide between the Pixel 3 and the S10, you're saying, do I want my phone to have a professional level camera or a screen that's better than a TV? Yeah. And think about 10 years ago when these phones were coming out. It's like, you can touch your phone mm-hmm. and it will do things. Giant areas where you're tapping and then like... Yeah. My phone can see things. It might look like a potato, but technically it can capture yeah. something that we can call a picture. Yeah, like FaceTime came out and yeah. people freaked out. And like Siri came out and people were like, this is the greatest thing ever. And now Siri is like a joke uh-huh. because we have Google Assistant and we have uh, the Assistant by Amazon, whose name I don't want to say because there's an Echo device yeah, in this I don't room. Think it's muted right now. Uh, <laughs> So we have all of this crazy innovation in phones that I just, it blows my mind. And it's so cool that these are the little tweaks. And then it means that these budget phones are better. Um, yeah. The, uh, the OnePlus phones, the Xiaomi Poco phone, all those. It's weird because I feel like I'm definitely part of like an iPhone bubble where I don't have many friends who use Android phones. Like I had a oh, friend for sure. who used a Pixel freshman year and then he switched back. Yeah. to iPhone just because like we all used iPhones and uh um it's great like smartphones are definitely where a lot of the innovation is going into right now yeah and it's weird only seeing it like on the internet because I feel like yeah. I only hear about and really care about a lot of this like Android innovation in the abstract because mm-hmm. like I don't even get to see these phones like I know sometimes I... I see a galaxy phone and I'll look at it and be like yeah that it's like that thing I saw in the YouTube video, but it's never something that I like seriously evaluate as having as a part of my life, but it's still a huge part of my like tech news consumption. Yeah. Because like, I know so much about so many phones that I've never even seen in person and people will ask me for phone recommendations and I'll give them this huge list and I'll have touched two of the phones. Uh And it's like, I, I just have like kind of, watched these reviews and I've read these reviews and I've read spec sheets and all that and performance reviews. And, uh, so as, as a techie who is in an iPhone bubble, both of you, you and I are, um, it, it's weird to see all this innovation that we don't actually really see because Apple kind of doesn't innovate as fast as Android. Yeah. I mean, Android definitely sees a lot of it first and then Apple try, like Apple doesn't care about being first. They care about doing it right. But yeah, um, there's, uh, it's definitely a thing where a lot of the like easily digestible and a lot of the hottest like tech YouTube videos, like in terms of like popularity are I like Android phone videos, you know, like new phone videos. Cause I mean, there's a lot of cool new stuff in phones, yeah. you know, like not at the same pace as like laptops. Like I actually, there's a YouTube channel that I really liked, but they kept doing like laptop videos and I was like, <laughs> dude, it's the same thing every time. Like there's nothing that interesting. I don't really care yeah. about any of this. I haven't even thought about like having an issue with my laptop in the three years that I've had it. It's just Mm -hmm. like not the same excitement and level of attachments and just like, uh, kind of amazement at the technology that I have for phones. And I think a lot of people, especially the ones who are like into the tech YouTube scene can relate, you know? And I mean, we're both computer science students too, which means, and we're surrounded by computer science Mm -hmm. and business students, which means we all have our laptops and we'll probably have the same laptop until we graduate college at least because it's like, Oh, you get a good laptop at the beginning of college that can get you through computer science classes. What you tell your parents, it's going to last you all four years. Yeah. Um, and 
so you pay for this expensive laptop like i have this macbook pro here only because it can do everything i need it to do and it's gonna last me all four years of college and probably further the thing about the macbook pro though is it's three years old at this point and i've never touched like because sometimes in computer science class you're helping someone use their machine mm -hmm. i've never used someone else's machine and thought this feels faster than mine yeah like i've never felt envy over another person's laptop even though someone could have a macbook pro that's two years newer than mine i've never yeah. noticed that mm -hmm. and i've never even a windows laptop especially i've never been like wow i wish this was my computer you know well that might just be the windows on it it's the windows <laughs> on it and it's like a lot of times just like jank track pads and yeah like the windows coding laptops a lot like a lot of the people who have those mm -hmm. uh, in our classes at least it'll be like oh that's a really thick laptop you yeah. got there like there's some people with like the xps which i think is probably the one i would get if i got yeah the xps is but... a really nice laptop i was looking between that and the macbook pro when i got my laptop in, uh initially but yeah you know it's here we are yeah so it's like we're not looking for nobody's gonna ask you for laptop recommend recommendations as much as they are phone uh -huh. recommendations um because i feel like people want to hear from us about phones that we like more than laptops that we like because you can get any laptop and they're going to be pretty similar if it's a budget Windows laptop. Um, yeah, I saw a blog post about a guy whose laptop broke. So he pulled his laptop from 10 years ago out of the closet, ran web browser, ran all the stuff he used for coding, just like basic text editing apps, just fine. You know, yeah. he's like, actually, I might just like, my laptop's broken, might just stick with this one for yeah. a while. Because I mean, laptop technology, they're like faster like the numbers are higher mm -hmm. but it's not like able to do significantly more impressive things in yeah. general like obviously on the niche like areas like photo processing video editing yeah you could not go back 10 years like you're no, not gonna edit of course not. like hd video on that but like if you're just a programmer if you just need to browse the web there's a yeah. lot of things you can still do on mm -hmm. like almost any hardware yeah and i mean that gets you to the point where the life cycle of a laptop can be up to 10 years, mm -hmm. maybe more. The laptop, uh, the lifetime of a uh, phone is between like six months and four years. Like some yeah. people replace their phones constantly and some uh, try not to, but you still got to get a new phone every four years at least. Yeah. I mean, I think like when you hit four years, that's the point where you've already been dealing with like some, you, some, you have some issues with your phone year. and you're forced yeah. to get a new phone. Uh-huh. So. Uh, whereas you're not often forced to get a new laptop, um, mm -hmm. unless of course your laptop gets bricked or you break it or some other reason. But yeah, and I'm not really in the camp of like the f smartphone manufacturers do it on purpose and like make your phone slower. Like I no, really do think I... they're just doing such crazy new things all the time that yeah. it's tough for older phones to keep up. And on top of that, it's such like a constrained, packed down little thing that yeah, yeah. the battery's gonna get stressed and, and start to wear. The thing is, we have all these great innovations in operating systems, but they get bigger and they become a heavier load. Yeah. So your phone may not feel terribly much faster every single generation, but it's running harder software every mm -hmm. single time. And on top of that, um, you're uh, you're updating it for security, and so you have to update it if you want your security on your phone to work um but then it's going to slow down your phone because it's going to be more and more for it to run and then after four years they didn't design the phone to work on software that's going to come out in four years yeah meanwhile on the mac there's like this thing about uh there's this, like five or ten apps that have been around and are made by the same team as they were 25 years ago yeah like there's a text editor like called bb edit that like 
a lot of like older Mac people use, and they still use it. And mm-hmm. it was updated for Mojave, like still yeah. getting new features. It works. Like it got like a update to be more like Visual Studio Code, where it has like the command palette thing, like just a programming thing that's kind of interesting and. It's crazy. It's been around for 25... Like, the smartphone hasn't been around for, like, even close to that amount yeah. of time. Um, and there they are, like, apps still that you can run that aren't too much different than what they were all that time ago. Yeah. Meanwhile, on the smartphone, and, you know, in 25 years, I don't think we're going to have smartphones. So it's just a totally yeah. different, like, mobile technology. So much more exciting, in my yeah. opinion. Mm-hmm. All right. You got anything else? I think I'm good. I think I got it all out this week. Yeah, it's it's good to have a little casual conversation on just tech. Yeah, we're we're trying we're trying to get some new exciting stuff for you guys. So yeah. we'll let you know when it's coming. But yep. All right. So if you have any questions, comments, anything to say about the show, uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at HackersPod. Send us an email at HackerSlackerPod at gmail dot com. Uh, we'll probably live stream on Instagram again or next periscope week on Twitter, or periscope on Twitter, probably periscope on Twitter from our Twitter account, um, from our so. Twitter account, because yeah. right now it's just on my personal Instagram. Uh, <laughs> so you can follow me on Instagram if you want at Andre Garive. Um, and we'll see kind of where it goes. We might make a hacker slacker Instagram. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Shoot us a DM on Twitter. Any ideas you've got for us. Um, tell us if you liked the casual conversations. Uh, we really enjoyed this. It was kind of fun. Um, it Yeah. So, yeah. So we really enjoyed this and we hope you did too. And we'll see you next week. Bye.